0: I just think this
1: is what humans talk about. I'm, I'm, actually, <laughs> I'm trying to have, to have a conversation
0: with like, like,
1: eventually, does, like, Siri
2: and Alexa talk. Siri? <laughs> Siri and Alex? Oh my god. Welcome back to the Moon Weekly. It is week eight of spring quarter, and it is episode 16. As always, I'm Austin Christoph, and in the studio today, per usual, is Miles Burton. What's up? And we have a new host today, Natalia Rodriguez. How's it going, Natalia?
0: Good.
1: In this episode, we'll cover new developments with regards to the Obama Presidential Center and SCAV.
2: To start off, I sat down with Oren Oppenheim and Alex Ward to talk about some recent changes to the Obama Presidential Center, as well as the recent press release from the Obama Foundation. So I'm sitting down here with Oren Oppenheim and Alex Ward. How are you guys doing?
3: Doing well. Thanks so much for having us. Good.
2: Thanks. Awesome. So there's been a couple updates on the Obama Library, so I want to get into those. I guess... First, and I think probably the biggest news, has to do with the Chicago Public Library and the Presidential Center. So Oren, if you could talk to us a little bit about what's happening with that.
3: All right, so it was recently announced um, by both the Obama Foundation and Mayor Rahm Emanuel's office that there's going to be a branch of the Chicago Public Library inside of the Presidential Center, and there were various specifications that they've mentioned about how it's going to be built, how it's going to be integrated into the center. and what I just found like very really interesting, and I came across this, this when the story came out and, and saw some of the reporting from the Sun Times, was that the Obama Presidential Center at this juncture is not going to be a presidential library. Um, a, lot of the, a lot of the documents from the Obama administration are currently being kept off-site elsewhere in Illinois, and they're still going to be continued to be kept off-site and maintained, but they're also all being digitized, being put online. So the Obama Presidential Center, and this seems to have been a decision by the Obama Foundation, by the Obamas themselves, was going to be just a center and provide a lot of civic engagement and community engagement, but not actually be a presidential library. So now, it's going to be a public library and a presidential center, but not a presidential library.
2: Because I don't think a lot of people actually realize that, so it's good that you highlight that, that there wasn't originally going to be a library. So how does that look now, then, with the integration with the presidential center? Is the CPL branch going to be on-site? Do we know that yet, how that looks, or is it
3: just going to be like off-site nearby the library? Um, From what I remember, it's on-site, and it's going to be adjacent to something called the Obama Reading Room, I remember. Um, I'd have to look at some more of the details to remember for sure, but it's going to be on-site, integrated into one of the buildings that's part of the center.
2: So now discussing format changes to the library, I guess there were minor updates to the actual parklands, the plans. I don't know, Alex, if you could speak to that some?
4: That's right. Um, So the Obama Center announced this past Monday that... um, they made a few changes to the design of the center before um, it goes to the plan commission meeting, which is coming up on the 17th. Um, the main things are that they they pulled back a section where the center's land would have actually gone out into into Stony Island, which just they in their statement they say they had gotten feedback that that would cause additional congestion along Stony Island. Um, they the center is gonna have a Differently shaped athletic building. Um, the statement that they put out says that the original design for the athletic center um, was prompted feedback that it was sort of out of out of design style with the other buildings that already exist in Jackson Park. Um, so they're changing it to sort of, I think they say, to make it more in line with the buildings that already exist. And then the maybe two of the bigger changes are that they're removing a sunken courtyard that was originally planned to be in the the central plaza so the layout of the site is that they're sort of the three main buildings of the library and then there was going to be a plaza in the center and they're they're removing a a sunken area that was going to be in the middle of that plaza which they say will hopefully open it up for um, better use for public gatherings and things like that which has been part of what they've what the foundation has said they want um, the center to be used for. And then finally, they move the location of the children's play area to a site closer to Stony Island Avenue.
2: And then finally, I think the maybe something more interesting is the foundation has always been outspoken about the presidential center's goals to be a community hub and like a way to uplift the Hyde Park area and more specifically like Woodlawn area, Southside, in, in its entirety. But there's been a lot of pushback from community advocates wanting them to sign CBAs to control things such as you know housing prices in Woodlawn, given this, the Hyde Park housing boom that's now been spreading its way to the Woodlawn south of the Midway. Um, and they put out a large community statement um, and touched upon or reassured that they're committed to making sure these issues don't cause issues for the Southside as a whole, but they also didn't mention any CBA, um, any mention of a CBA. So I guess, could you touch on what kind of things were mentioned in this uh, release? Sure, Um,
4: so they touched on a few things. Um, A lot of it was actually um, basic issues that they've discussed in the past. They talk about some of their plans for hiring. Um, They touched on the, the Lakeside Alliance, which is, the coalition of five different construction companies, of which four are Southside based, um, that is going to be building the center. And the documents put out talk about their plan to hire um, from the, the area around the center. They also talk about certain initiatives had been in existence and were being run by the foundation already. Um, they talk about the Chicago Public Library branch briefly. Um, I think the main new development, that's included in the set of statements is a few brief passages about protecting housing currently, um, protecting protecting the housing of people who already live in the area. There's a brief section where they, the foundation says that it will support neighborhood stabilization efforts um, and make efforts to build communication between local residents and um, city officials
2: Vague on specific, so so I guess interpret it as you will, but it's just interesting to highlight, but at least we're hearing the foundation. I, they've always been supporting, but at least this is, you know, in writing, and it's coming on the eve of the last major regulatory hurdle for the Obama Presidential Center, which I believe is May 17th. Um, I don't know if either of you have any idea what that regulatory hurdle is, if it's seems very certain that it'll be able to pass it. Could you, either of you could speak to that?
3: So I don't know too much about it, but according to WTTW, it's the first of several votes that will be happening about the center. Um, and I think this one ties into the city's planning commission. And like I would see it as a major vote. And even if it's expected to pass, this is going to drive a lot of the dialogue. I, I think Warren's covered the basics. Um, there's the specific measures that I know
4: are up for approval are the approval of land transfer for the site of the Obama Center and the approval of changes to the streets around the Obama Center's Jackson Park site um, that the Obama Center has planned. I, I don't know specifically what the measures up for approval are, but the the major change there is the, the closing of um, Cornell Drive, which is a six-lane highway that runs next to Jackson Park and is a fairly major road. Um, so... Some criticism has been leveled that essentially it will be pretty expensive to close down and will um, potentially cause traffic problems in the area. There is at least going to be um, a rally by the um, Coalition for a Community Benefits Agreement, which is sort of the big umbrella organization that had various sort of community groups come behind it and has been one of the big entities pushing for CBA. So they're going to be at City Hall, um, before and I I think also during the Planning Commission meeting.
2: Awesome. Well, thanks so much for sitting down to talk to me. Um, It was a pleasure, and uh, yeah, thanks again. Thank Thank you so much.
5: Thanks again to Oren, Alex, and Austin for talking about the Obama Presidential Center.
2: SCAV kicked off with list release Wednesday night. Quinn and Miles went to get some audio and talked to the SCAVers about how excited they were.
0: The The SCAVers. it is about 11.30 p.m. on Wednesday, May 9th. Lyft's release is happening in about a half hour and I'm standing right outside of Ida Noise and I'm about to walk in. You can already hear people chanting from here. So I went to this release on Wednesday night to record some audio and, as you just heard, when I walked into Ida Noise, it was like walking into a wall of noise. I couldn't really even tell what everyone was saying. There were hundreds of people all crammed into the lobby. So I just stepped into a side room where it's a little bit quieter everybody in the main lobby of Ida Noise is gathered and some people are wearing their scab team shirts and it sounds like they're chanting whales aren't fish oh here's a new chant now I don't know what they're saying There were a lot of fun chants. I think it's Fisher friends not food. The next one people just started chanting nice and giving a thumbs up. There was the classic call your mom, and then, in an almost perfectly self-aware way, they started chanting the words, Mindless Chanting. And, of course, people demanded what they were there for. Now, when I got there, BJ and McLean and a few other teams were already there, and it was loud. But the Ida wasn't even close to full yet. And then Snitchcock showed up. If you hear people chanting Sucks after Snitchcock, don't worry, there was no bad sportsmanship going on. It was Snitchcock team members who were chanting Sucks after their name. As a joke. In fact, they chanted Sucks after any chant, really. Like, we want the list sucks. Stuff like that, which wasn't even supposed to make any sense. After Snitchcock got there, another team, I think it was the alumni team, burst in singing the Star Spangled Banner. And next, I-House came in, whose team name this year is iHop, or International House of People Against Acronyms. As they came in, they were chanting the word Pancakes. And finally, the judges arrived. us all into the big reception hall in Ida to tell us what was about to happen. But their speaker system wasn't really loud enough to fill the whole room, so I found someone who could explain what was going on.
4: I'm Christina, I'm a fourth year, and I used to live at Hitchcock House.
0: Uh, what's going on right now?
4: We're at list release, um, which is where they make you do crazy things just to get the list so that
1: you can do more crazy things. Alright, what's the task this year?
4: People have to go through some sort of like maze obstacle course thing and collect orbs
0: of power, which I think are probably balloons. What Christina is describing is the very first event in SCAV. When teams gather at IDA every year for list release, the judges don't just hand out the list. They give everyone a challenge. In past years, they've devised really ridiculous games for the teams during list release.
4: I think my favorite one was um, a couple years ago they just put this coin inside a giant... Block of concrete and people had to just like smack at it with sledgehammers for like I think it took like over an hour and the judges were like we screwed up we should not have made it that difficult because like people were like slightly injuring themselves because they were whacking at this concrete block for too for too long.
0: Luckily, this year the task wasn't that difficult. As teams collected their orbs, competitors would run out with parts of the list and rush them over to their team as quickly as possible then the team would send someone else in to get the next part. This went on and on until the teams got their entire list. As the teams got their list, they rushed off to start SCAV. This whole weekend, participants have been racing to complete as many items as possible, to earn as many points as possible. And On Sunday, the judges announced that the winner of the 2018 SCAV Hunt is... Snell Hitchcock with Breckenridge in second place. Congratulations to all the teams that participated this year for another successful SCAV.
2: I would just like to personally endorse Chicago Maroons' very own marketplace. It is a classified section on the Maroons website where people post anything from electronics to sublets. I personally bought a computer monitor off there last week and could not be happier with it. It's so easy; you just have to link it up to your Facebook account. So check that out at marketplace.chicagomaroon.com.
1: Ooh, must endorse. What time is it, Austin?
2: News time.
5: A few weeks ago, the Chicago Maroon reported that the university was going to shut down the Yerkes Observatory in Wisconsin. A group of residents from the Lake Geneva area united under the Yorks Future Foundation seeking to preserve the historic features of the property and open a facility to the public, making it available for youth development and continuing education as a science center.
1: So I know all of us are in Soch, but none of us are in SSI, right?
5: No. Luckily.
1: So did you know that SSI is getting a makeover next year?
2: No, no way! way. <laughs> <laughs> that was all scripted, we have to keep it. I keep going. <laughs>
1: SSI, turns out, is going to become three different sequences next year, and they each focus on a different area of the course.
5: Next quarter, they will be adding a new SOCH sequence, Global Society, which seeks to expand our concept of what constitutes socialist theory from a non-Western perspective.
2: Are there any distinct differences between that course and how other SOCHs are taught?
5: Um, what makes this so special is that it will culminate all of your te- the teachings from the first two quarters into a single project over the last quarter
1: so natalia what happened last week on quadcast
5: aiden talked to alison thrash about fire films awesome everyone listening now should go check that out
1: next up the events this week the iop's got two really awesome events on monday at the quad club at 5:30, 30 jay carney president obama's press secretary will be speaking and thursday at 5:30 at the oriental institute michael mcfall a professor at stanford and also the former ambassador to russia will be speaking
2: the Motec Choir is presenting a selection of music from the Catalan region of Spain this Friday at 7 p.m. Tickets are $5 for students, and the event is held at
5: Logan. Sunday at 3 p.m., the University Chamber Orchestra presents Franz Schubert's Symphony No. 6. Admission is free. Austin, what's our tech fact?
2: This week, Google showed off a crazy futuristic AI called Google Duplex. So for those of you who have iPhones, our version of Siri on Android is called Google Assistant. So this week, Google showed off a new feature for the Assistant, where if you ask it to make you a reservation for a restaurant or maybe an appointment for like a haircut, it'll be able to robocall the establishment and book your appointment for you. The unique part about this AI is Google analyzed traditional speech patterns to be able to make this AI sound as realistic as possible, including its voice inflections and where it takes pauses in sentences. Just take a listen for yourself.
4: See how I hear you?
1: Hi, um I'd like to reserve a table for Wednesday the 7th.
4: For seven people?
1: Um it's for 4 people.
4: 4 people when
1: um, eight, next Wednesday at 6 p.m.
2: Oh, actually we leave here for like to like five people. For few four people you can come.
1: How long is the wait usually to uh be seated?
2: For when tomorrow or weekday or
1: for next Wednesday. Uh the seventh.
2: Oh no, it's not too busy.
5: You 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 can come for four people, okay?
1: Oh, I gotcha. Thanks.
5: Yep.
2: Bye bye. <coughs> I think it sounds crazy realistic. There was a lot of backlash about the AI, though, and people thought it was dangerous of Google to have this AI sound so humanistic without giving the operators on the other end of the phone warning that they're talking to a robot. So Google has since announced that all robocalls will announce first that they're speaking to an AI assistant.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Weekly. This has been episode 16 for 8th Week.
2: Thank you to Alex Ward and Oren Oppenheim for sitting down to talk to me about the changes to the Obama Presidential
5: Center. Thanks to all the miscellaneous scabbers.
2: Thank
1: you to Ben, Kent,
5: and the entire Logan Cage staff.
1: Thank you to Andrew Dietz and Aaron Senden for producing music for this podcast.
2: And thanks to the Podspiration, Grace Houck.
1: That's all we have for you this week. We'll catch you next Monday for another episode of The Weekly.